0: Welcome to Find Your Still Point, a podcast for busy people looking to feel calm in the midst of the chaos of life. I'm your host, Jessica King. I'm a therapist, yoga teacher, wife, mother, business owner, and entrepreneur. I know busy, and I know what it feels like to let busy rule your life. I've spent my career learning ways to cultivate presence and contentment. And you know what? I'm still working on it. I want to share the humanness of this practice and encourage you to embrace all the perfectly imperfect parts just as they show up. In this podcast, I will talk about the challenges we all face while trying to find presence, teach practical skills to reduce stress, and I hope I just keep it real with you guys because life is hard, but as they say, we can do hard things. I infuse modern evidence-based psychotherapy with yoga philosophy and a little touch of neuroscience nerdiness into my style of teaching because I believe when we know more, we do better. I'm here to give you glimpses into my own journey in hopes that somewhere in the mess of it all, you find inspiration to get present with the life that you're living and find your own still point. So let's get started. Hello everyone, I am excited to be here with you today, once again, to talk about one of my favorite topics, stress. (laughs) Maybe it's not my most favorite topic, but I do believe that when we know more, we do better. So today I want to give some really clear and easy definitions around stress, as well as discuss how it works in our bodies. At the end of today, we'll do a practice together where I'll guide you through a journaling exercise and a body-based mindfulness skill just to pull everything together and help you embody some of these concepts. So the first thing to realize is that stress is a normal bodily reaction to anything that needs your attention or calls you to action. So the stressor is the thing that needs your attention and the thing that's calling you to act. But once the body notices it and responds, that's the stress that you start to feel. The body is responding to help equip you with what you need. It's really a beautiful mechanism. It's part of what we call the autonomic nervous system. And it's really what helps us all survive by responding to threats in our environment. It's what you may have heard referred to as the fight or flight response. So today's explanation will be pretty reductive in the way our body works, but I'll just explain it this way um, so that it's easier to understand and even though the body's way more complex for the sake of understanding today um, and how we manage this on a day-to-day basis, this is how I'll explain it. So our brains detect stressors in our environment. And in the presence of that stressor, the sympathetic nervous system kicks in. It is doing certain things like sending chemicals that will increase your heart rate so that your blood flows to major muscle groups like your legs and your arms. The body assumes that you need this in order to fight or run away to the presenting threat. It also does things like send chemicals to decrease the blood flow to your digestive organs and other areas that are really not necessary when we're in survival mode. So that's why when we're chronically stressed, we might be noticing GI issues or stomach aches. With all the increased blood flow to the body, there may be some flushing, some redness, some sweating. All of these are important reactions if we're trying to fight or flee from a threat, right? But maybe it's not so great when we're trying to give a presentation at work. So the important thing to remember is that our bodies are really just energetic machines trying to transmit energy from our brain to our muscles in order just to make this machine work. So your body doesn't know the difference from being, say, chased by a bear or a work deadline or the presentation we were talking about a second ago. So many of the same reactions in the body occur, and these are just signs that we want to notice so that we can use skills that increase our cognitive functioning or the way we think about it to help us in time so that we don't feel overwhelmed, or we try to avoid overwhelm. So these signs that I've already mentioned, um, like increased heart rate, sweating, feeling hot, noticing muscle tension, as well as stomach upset, there's also others that could be present like trouble sleeping, shaking, headaches, exhaustion. You may have others that are that are specific to you. When we can notice and label our own signs of stress, we can respond to these more appropriately. But typically, folks, we we just keep pushing forward, right? We just say, keep saying, um, if I, I can control this and I can produce and I can do more, instead of taking the rest and taking the pause that we probably need in that moment, that pushing through that pushing board leads to exhaustion and to burnout and possibly complications later, physically and mentally. Another important thing to know is that there's different types of stress. So there's e-stress which is the normal, usually positively thought of stress that motivates you towards a goal. For example, a work deadline for a big project. The deadline is the stressor. But assuming you have all the resources you need to complete the project, then you can allocate your time and the stress of the time limit will motivate you to get the work done. So, in this way, the stress related to the project diminishes once the deadline passes. And then your body's able to return to normal homeostasis or balance. And in essence, our body realizes it's not being chased by the bear anymore. And in an ideal situation, then we get the increased blood flow back to our other organs, our breathing normalizes. Our heart rate decreases. We regain the ability to rest and our body repairs and recharges itself. Mm, This is what we call the parasympathetic arm of the autonomic nervous system. So there's in in our body stress response, there's this toggling between parasympathetic and sympathetic or between rest and digest and and into fight or flight or activation or movement. So again, this is more reductive and kind of just a very simple way to think, but, but it is part of what makes us more resilient. When we can notice a stress in our environment, respond to it, come back down to balance. The next time we have a larger stressor or something that may be different, our body's primed for that. And then we can, we can handle the stressor in a more efficient way in our body. And again, come back down to rest. So by, by learning this information and learning the skills to be able to maybe do this more efficiently, you are equipping yourself, uh, for, with ways to transform from hard and difficult situations, which is like how I like to define resilience, but all right. So that's you stress, normal, everyday, motivating stress on the opposite. There's distress. Distress occurs when the stressor is persistent and chronic It may require more energy or resource than you have or are capable of at that given time. And there aren't really certain types of stressors I can label here. I can't give you a list of what the distressing things are. And that's because they're all unique to each individual. What's distressing for me at any point in time may not be distressing at a different point in time for me in my life. What's distressing for me may not be distressing for you. So we cannot label this and we can't play the comparison game with each other. So let me just give you a a real tangible example of this. Let's take the simple task of doing laundry. So maybe typically I have a working washing machine and dryer at my home and I complete laundry a couple times a week in addition to my regular work responsibilities, and some home-related chores. Okay, it's doable, right? Well, what happens when suddenly my home responsibilities increase because let's say I don't know a pandemic hits and suddenly I'm working from home in a makeshift office that is my bedroom without the normal, um, uh, you know, amenities of my office. Uh, oh, also, I'm homeschooling my kids. And I'm cooking every single meal in the house every day. Hmm. I think we all know the way this stress felt in our bodies this past year. And I think we all know what I'm talking about. But we often wondered why. Why can't I do this? What's up with the laundry? Why is it so hard? Well, now that I have all these other pressures and stressors, my resource of time has decreased. So now I'm not able to complete the laundry with such ease. It's more of a, it becomes a little more distressing, but let's say at this point, it's a tolerable stress. It's more uncomfortable, it's harder to get complete, but I do have the resources because I've got the washer and dryer, time is more limited, but I can get it done, so it's tolerable at this point. But what happens now, maybe say the washer and dryer breaks, and now I have to go down to the laundry mat down the street and do my laundry. At this point, now the laundry is distressed because I don't have time. I don't have the physical resource of the washer and dryer, and I have all my other responsibilities. So a task as seemingly as simple as doing the laundry can now have this huge impact on my life and on, on my body, depending on the resources and the circumstances at any given moment. So that's just a little plug to be kind to yourself. And to be kind to others, because we're all dealing with different things, right? What's the the saying is, um, be kind because everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. They are. And sometimes the battle is laundry, and that's okay. Hmm. But distress over time can lead to further physical health problems, Uh, It can also lead to mental health diagnosis and it may end up impacting impacting your functioning over time. So it's really important to understand the difference between these type of type of stressors, be able to recognize them and know how you're going to mitigate that as you go forward. So today for our practice, I'm going to walk you through a quick journaling exercise that can put our stressors into perspective. It can be helpful just to acknowledge the stress in our life for what it is. Sometimes when we acknowledge it and we notice that we actually do have the resources we need to complete it, even if we have a lot of stresses in our life, if we know we have the resources, it feels less overwhelming. So we'll label the stresses. We'll also label the tolerable stress. This is the stress that's not so comfortable. It may be very difficult, in fact, but when we're able to notice that we do have the resource and the capacity, Maybe it takes a little bit more structure. Maybe it takes a little bit more effort um, and planning, but it can be empowering to recognize that we can, we're capable of this. And finally, we'll label any distress. It's important to know what the distress is. It may be an important part of recognizing where things are just out of your control and we need to focus more closely on the things we can control. It may be important to notice. Um, that you can resource yourself and increase the support systems in your life. Oftentimes, therapists that you're working with may be looking for these areas. What are the areas of distress and how can I help resource those areas? You can do this for yourself. You can also ask for help. Um, in, In any regards, the journaling exercise... We will get your thoughts organized and possibly just start a different kind of relationship that you might have with stress in your life. And finally, that will be brief. You may want to return to the um, journaling exercise later, but we will end with a body-based mindfulness practice. Uh, there are three ways in which we experience things in our body, extraception, introception, and proprioception. So extraoception is how we experience the world around us through our senses, hearing, sight, smell, sound, feeling. And then proprioception is how we experience and place our body in space. So where is our body going in that space around us? <clears throat> and interoception is just noticing what's going on inside of our body. So we will quickly do each of these today after the journaling prompts. So to start... Maybe go ahead and grab a pen and a piece of paper and a journal, as well as finding a comfortable seat. It'd be great if it could be the edge of a chair, a place where you can get your feet flat on the floor, but any comfortable spot is fine. So let's take a moment just to pause, gather what we need, and practice together. So take a moment to find your seat, to get comfortable and grounded, you feel your sits bones underneath you, pressing into the surface, maybe you can feel both feet on the floor. Take a couple long, slow breaths. Once you've arrived, take your pen and your paper, and just for about the next 30 seconds, free write whatever comes to mind that is a stressor in your life right now. Whatever comes to mind, no matter how small or big, just write continuously all the stressors in your life. Whether you finished here or not just letting it be you could always return to this exercise later but for the time being for now just letting it be and as you have just reflected on all of these stressors and you're looking at that list just notice the way your body and mind feel right now and now underneath or on a separate sheet of paper we're going to place three columns. At the top of the first column, you're going to write U stress. E U S T E. I mean, E U S <laughs> T R E S S. U stress. At the top of the second column, write tolerable stress. And for the last column, distress. D-I-S-T-R-E-S-S. All right, now taking your both of your two lists, you're gonna take the list of the stressors on the first page and place them into the different categories. U-stress being a stress in which all, you have all the resources and you're capable of meeting the stressor. Under tolerable stress, this could be uncomfortable and definitely difficult, but you still have all the resources and supports you need to get it accomplished. And then for distress, this is something that is maybe you don't have the resources, maybe you don't have the supports. In some way, you're really not able to meet the stressor with what you have right now. So divide your stresses up amongst those three columns. I'll give you, again, about another 30 seconds or so. So not thinking too hard about it. Once again, wherever you are, just pausing. You can always return to your list at any time, but notice now the way your body feels. As you know, many of these stressors are doable and you're capable and you have the resources for them. Just notice how things have shifted and this list may be something you return to after our mindfulness exercise in order to create more reflection and thought about working with them. But just as we can do in our ongoing life, we're going to shift our focus for a moment. We have the stressors on the paper. They're going to be there. When you return, we're just going to take a moment to work with our body in mindfulness. So if you're not already at the edge of your seat, you're going to want to slide up and get really tall. Make sure you have space to move your arms to the sides and in front of you. And first we'll work with extra reception. So again, noticing the seat underneath you and notice your feet and your shoes are on the floor. Look around your space now and see if you can label five things that include your favorite color. Start to notice our body in the space and take your arms by your side body. And with your palms turned up, Just take an inhale and start to lift your palms out to the sides and up overhead until your palms meet at the top. Once they touch, exhale, let your palms float down towards your chest until they're in your eye gaze. On your next inhale, follow your fingertips of your palms all the way up overhead. At the very top, release your palms Exhale, let your arms come out wide and all the way back down to your sides. We'll do that again, inhaling, palms turning up as you reach them up overhead. And at the very top, you feel your palms together in that open space. As you exhale, slide your hands down towards your chest, letting your eyes gaze over the fingertips. Inhale, reach your arms up overhead. At the very top, let the palms separate. And on your exhale, let your arms float out to the side and down by your side body. One more time. Inhale, palms reach up overhead. When you feel your palms touch, exhale, slide them down to your chest. Let your gaze come over the fingertips pause here releasing your hands down into your lap you might let the hands rest in a space that feels comfortable to you if it's comfortable let your eyes close and start to go inward and notice the inner sensations of the body interoception Can you feel the breath? If you get really still, can you notice your heartbeat? What else can you notice in your body? the eyes are closed, just start to open them slowly, coming to notice your external surroundings once again. Take a long breath in and a slow breath out. Maybe roll around in the shoulders or create subtle movement with the body. Coming back into your space again. In just these few minutes, we've created a list and reflected, shifted the energy in our body away from tension into relaxation. We connected with our external surroundings for grounding. We used our body movement for mindfulness and then we checked on with what was going on internally you can return to this space anytime you need for as long as you need thank you all for practicing with me today until next time be well my friends So today's episode was mostly psychoeducational, but make no mistake, this information came to me by lived experience. Stress is something that affects us all and no one is immune. We also don't get to learn our way out of it or produce our way out of it. I don't know how many times it took me saying, well, when this is over, things will settle down. Or, when I finish this project, I will have more time to X, you know, fill in the blank there. I have more time to go to the beach. I'll have more time to take a walk. I have more time to rest. I have more time to go to yoga. I have more time to take a bath. (laughs) It, I mean, it took me a couple years of being a social worker to decide that I wouldn't make myself wait to go to the restroom until I had my work done or I was finished with a client. Yes, y'all. That is a thing. Uh, The truth is I learned how to step back from the stressors in my life by evaluating my own habits and putting in place some real skills and practices to shift the need to perform and produce. There was also some real deep processing and unwinding of old beliefs and narratives about why I need to produce. So I'll probably get to all that as we move along this podcast, but if you're hearing me talking about putting these skills in place and needing to do it, but you're struggling to put them in place yourself, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you if the coping skills aren't working right now. This is all hard work and it sometimes takes extra support. In the next few episodes, we'll be talking about what additional supports are sometimes needed, as well as some other considerations that could be impacting your overall wellness and how you process stress. But in the meantime, if you're struggling with these concepts or just struggling at all, reach out to someone who can help. Check out therapists on psychology today so you can find someone in your area Or reach out to me. I would love to help you find resources that best fit you. Additionally, if this message resonates with you and you're a place of business or organization that could use some of this informational support to help prevent burnout and fatigue, give me a call. I love to work with small businesses, nonprofits, and organizations. And I do this in person and virtually. So I can't wait to hear from you.